Happy Birthday, Mr. President is a production of Big Four Enterprises, copyright 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. My co-host is Carissa Slate. Our creative director is Shelby Myers, and our senior writer is Evan Myers. This is Happy Birthday, Mr. President. The Whig Party's presidential nominee for the 1848 election was an unassuming character. He stood only five feet, eight inches tall, with a head nearly the size of a watermelon. He swore like a sailor. He always had the faint smell of whiskey on his breath. He sagged his shoulders, mumbled his words, and he had this annoying habit of closing one eye whenever he spoke. This nominee had no political experience whatsoever. He didn't know how to articulate a point to save his life. He didn't know how to properly discuss the day's hot-button issues like slavery, tariffs, or the creation of a national bank. This man was perhaps one of the least qualified main ticket nominees the United States had seen throughout the 19th century. But none of that mattered. Old rough and ready Zachary Taylor was a war hero, and he was promoted to lead the nation as such. A veteran of the Mexican-American War, Taylor was elected into office in 1849, and he went on to serve as president in the years foreshadowing America's greatest historical fracture. In those years, the national stage was set for the Civil War. Zachary Taylor was in the White House during those critical years, and we're celebrating his 235th birthday today, November 24th, 1784, and he was born in Orange County, Virginia. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. And I'm with my co-host, Carissa Slate. Hello, what's up? And this is our next episode of Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Carissa, do you know anything about Zachary Taylor? Oh, apparently he had a big head. He had a head like a watermelon. <laughs> That's what they said about him. Yeah. Well, he was born in Orange County, Virginia. And Orange County, Virginia is near Charlottesville, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. So but back in 1784, in the beginning of our country, that's where a lot of people lived anyway. But shortly after he was born, his family moved to near Louisville, Kentucky. I did know that, yeah. Well, he had four brothers and three sisters, and he had very limited schooling because they were on really like the frontier. And he was more interested in hearing stories about Indians that were getting ready to attack. So a lot of times he'd stay up at night holding a gun. Uh, protecting the homestead. Oh. Uh, but this limited schooling was really reflected in his writing. He didn't write very well. And I don't think he was very articulate. <laughs> he didn't write too good. <laughs> he didn't write too well. When he was 17 years old, he swam across the Ohio River to Indiana and back. Oh, that's impressive. Just to prove that he could do yeah. it. Yeah. So he, he served in the Kentucky militia and decided that he wanted to enlist in the regular army as an officer. And his cousin and former president, James Madison, was mm. the one that helped him get a commission for him as a lieutenant in the 7th Infantry Regiment. Mm-hmm. That's what launched his career as a soldier. And he served in so many different states during his military career. He was in Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Louisiana, Florida, and Arkansas. Wow. A lot of different places yeah, in the country. Yeah, he went all over the place. He was stationed at Fort Harrison in Vincennes, Indiana, Ooh. in 1812, and he fought off Tecumseh. Oh. 
And he did such a great job fighting him off that the War Department awarded him the rank of Brevet Major, which was the first in U.S. history. Well, that's cool. Yeah, he was... Tough guy. Tough guy, great Mm -hmm. soldier. Uh, He served in the War of 1812, the Black Hawk War, the Second Seminole War, and the Mexican War. And did you know that in the Black Hawk War, one of the militiamen that served under him was a guy named Abraham Lincoln? (gasps) No way. Yes. Oh, that's cool. And there is they're a, all connected. They are all connected. All of our presidents are connected one way or the other. And there is uh, in Key West, Florida, mm-hmm. Fort Taylor. Fort Taylor. Named after Zachary, Zachary Taylor. Taylor. Yes, I've been there. Well, he he retired as a major general, and so which is a very high rank. But yeah. the, one of the things about old rough and ready Zachary Taylor is he kept his uniform really unkempt and yeah. his shoes were dirty and his hair was all messed up and there were a lot of offers. They had no idea that he was the commander. Yeah. Well, and he was short. He was small, except was for a big head. Apparently. Small and a big head. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, he married a, a woman named Margaret Peggy McAll Smith in on June 21st, 1810 near Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. He was He was 25 years old. They were married for 40 years. Oh, wow. Yes. They had three three girls and one boy who lived to adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had two uh, children die at ages one and three. Ugh. So, again, early yeah. 1800s. Uh, one of the his daughters named Sarah was courted by a man named... Jefferson Davis. Yes. You know what Zachary Taylor said about that? What? This is what he said. I'll be damned if another daughter of mine will marry into the army. I know enough of the family life of officers. I scarcely know my own children or they me. I have no personal objection to Lieutenant Davis. <laughs> so he was just more uh-huh. concerned about his daughter yeah. uh, marrying in into to the military. army. Yeah, yeah. the military well, that's, world. That's all he knew. Yeah. That's all he knew. Well, when he was in Louisiana, he bought a... a large cotton plantation near Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And then he later bought another plantation near Natchez, Mississippi. So he was a wealthy landowner, and he was also one of the major slave owners of the South. Oh. So this is in our nation's history. One yeah. of our presidents was a major slaveholder. And then how, you know, we're going to find out how did that kind of play out in his presidency? Well, there was also the Mexican War that was a big part of Zachary Taylor's history. And the the real issue of the day was when Mexico attacked what then was the Republic of Texas. And at the time, the United States was in Congress. They were contemplating, a, we should, are we going to annex, Mex- or annex Texas, the Republic yeah. of Texas, to be in the United States? And so uh, President Polk sent uh, General Taylor down to the Texas border, uh, Texas-Mexico border, in the, in the event that Mexico attacked, and uh, which they did, but old rough and ready Zachary Taylor, he had consecutive victories against Mexico at Palo Alto and Resaca de la Palma, and with those two victories, his name started going across the country. He was this really great war hero. Yeah. People really knew who Zachary Taylor was. One of his soldiers said, "He looks more like an old farmer going to market." <laughs> He was not West Point spit and shine, but an officer who was experienced, tough, and reliable. His men liked him and were fiercely loyal. They would go willingly wherever he led them. So that's the kind of reputation that Zachary Taylor had. But there was a problem that President Polk had. He was concerned that Zachary Taylor's prestige and stature 
were rising and that he would probably be the Whig candidate in the 1848 election. So do you know what Polk did? What? Polk said, we're going to send General Winfield Scott to chase Santa Ana back to Mexico City, and we're going to take some of your men, Zachary Taylor. So mm. he kind of gave him a demotion yeah. of sorts and really, well, it quite honestly pissed Zachary off. Yeah. And Taylor hated Polk for that. Yeah. And it uh, came to came to pass that the election of 1848, he was... Uh, 63 years old at the time, he had never voted in a presidential election at 63 years old. Zachary Taylor? Zachary Taylor. And he he got the Whig Party nomination wow. to be president. Um, they nominated him at their convention in Philadelphia, but Taylor was at his house in Louisiana. And he so it took some time to send the mail. Well, the thing about the mail back then is you had to pay for the postage when the yeah. mail got there. Well, he didn't pay the postage in its pilot, so he didn't even know he was nominated. <laughs> they had to send him a second letter. And surprise! If, surprise! <laughs> you're the nominee. <laughs> and he got nominated. His opponents were a guy named Lewis Cass from Michigan and. Uh, former President Martin Van Buren decided he wanted to run again, but he ran as a third-party candidate in what was called the Free Soil Candidate. And, But Zachary Taylor was elected the 12th President of the United States. No experience. With limited experience. Yeah. Well, he couldn't argue against slavery because he was a huge slave owner, and he couldn't really talk knowledgeably about issues like tariffs in the National Bank, so he was promoted purely and simply as a war hero. Huh. So that's how Zachary Taylor. Yeah. Well, let me throw some true or false questions at you, and let's okay. see how you do. So here's one. At the Battle of Buena Vista, there was a cannonball coming directly at Zachary Taylor, and he stood up in his saddle, and he let the cannonball pass between his bottom and the saddle. Is that true or false? <laughs> that sounds way too specific to be made up. True. So it's true. It is true. <laughs> yeah. His... Horse's name was Old Whitey. Yeah. And so I guess he figured that, well, if Old Whitey gets Aww. hit, it won't be me. No, I don't think he was that I don't think he was that mean. He probably was though, if we're being honest. <laughs> so here's an, here's another true or false question. His favorite play was Arsenic and Old Lace. Mm, false. That's false, yeah. yeah. I think that actually was written way after uh yeah. him. <laughs> so yeah, that one's false. Okay, here's the last true or false question. Zachary Taylor and his wife did not attend their daughter Sarah's wedding to Jefferson Davis. That's false. No, that's true. They really? did not attend the wedding. Yeah. Because they didn't approve of it? or uh, uh, He just didn't want to see his daughter get married to someone in the Army. So oh, I, that's I sad. Think that, yeah. Well, Jefferson, or I'm sorry, Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis was now his son-in-law. Yeah, How about that? yeah. But Zachary Taylor, he entered office on March 5th of 1849. And one of the things I found out that the original inauguration date was March 4th, but it was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Zachary Taylor says, I'm not getting inaugurated on a Sunday. Yeah. So there was a short period of time where there was the Speaker of the House, and I honestly don't know his name. He was actually at the top acting of the, as the acting president in the, in the, lead, the top, leader, top leader, role. leader role in the United States government. Yeah. But Zachary Taylor was on a Monday, March 5th, 1849, at age 64, that Zachary Taylor he was old. entered the presidency. Yes, he was more advanced in age yeah. than, than some, probably in his contemporaries. So uh, 
one of the big issues back then, California wanted to be admitted to the union, but they wanted to be admitted as a free state. Yeah. Well, even though Zachary Taylor was a slaveholder, he, he agreed. He felt he agreed with that. But there were Southerners that said, wait a minute, the Missouri Compromise, that's mm-hmm. the one where there was a, above this parallel. If you're above to the north of this line, you're a free state. And below this line was a slave state. Yeah. And so it was South Carolina that said, if California isn't divided, slave and free, we're going to secede from the Union. So that was the oh, first was indication. The start. the start, yes. And old rough and ready wouldn't take crap from anybody. And he said that if South Carolina secedes from the Union, I'm going to send troops down there. Yeah. And so there was a lot of infighting. And, and, uh, but that was, again, you know, kind of what was happening in our country back then. Mm-hmm. So the, the slave issue was a big thing. One of the other things that happened during his presidency was uh, the it was called the Clayton Bulwer Treaty with Great Britain, and this was a treaty to build a canal across Nicaragua, mm-hmm. and it was also to for the United States and Great Britain to say, hey, we're going to kind of stay neutral about Central America. You know, we're not going to do anything. But we made this, uh, so they they signed this treaty and they were going to build a canal across Nicaragua, but as we know, that never happened. Do you know where the canal is? Panama. Exactly. Do you know who the president was? was, Who was president when the Panama Canal was built? Oh, you know this one. I know it. I know it. Um, His name is... um, Was it... Was it... I don't know. Teddy Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Oh, I got it. See, you did know it. Yeah, that was Teddy Roosevelt. Here's another thing that happened. Uh, The Oregon Territory, they uh, offered the governorship to this guy named uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. He he declined. (laughs) He didn't want to go out to... Apparently, he didn't want to relocate Mary Todd out to Oregon. And there was only one scandal. Well, I say one scandal. There was a major scandal uh, in, in Taylor's administration. It was called the Galfin Affair. And there was this family in Georgia. It was a long-standing estate settlement that was dated back to the late 1700s, and it involved a, an interest payment on some some land of about $190,000. Well, there were three of Zachary Taylor's cabinet members that were kind of caught up in this, and one of those in particular was the Secretary of War, George Crawford, because he became a wealthy man, and mm-hmm. he ended up... Uh, resigning his seat. But because of this controversy in Congress, they were actually talking about impeaching the president. Oh, really? So Zachary, the conversation of impeachment even came up against Zachary Taylor. Mm -hmm. Well, on, let's see, it was July 4th of 1850, Zachary Taylor's president, and he was attending a dedication ceremony for what was going to be the Washington Monument. And he had the ceremony uh, was taking place, and it was about three hours, and it was a really hot and humid day. Now, remember, Zachary Taylor had served in Florida, yeah, and he said it was worse than the heat and humidity in Washington D.C. on that day was worse than Florida. Oh, really? So it was really bad. Yeah, and he was out in the sun, and his skin was hot. Well, he walked around uh, town, or you know, heading back to the White House. When he got back to the White House, he was he was starving. Yeah. So he started eating. Uh, cherries mm-hmm. and he ate a lot of cherries and he ate more cherries and he it's ate a, solid, a lot of cherries. Solid summer snack. Solid summer snack, but he ate more cherries than probably was humanly possible in one day. Oh, really? And then to wash down all these cherries that he ate, he was drinking. It was either ice water or ice milk. Ew. And 
sanitary conditions back in uh, Washington, D.C. in that time were very bad. So after he'd eaten all these cherries and drank this milk, ice milk, or even ice water, doesn't yeah. really matter, he started getting sick. Yeah. And so mm. he his stomach rebelled against him. It was kind of nasty, and he got diarrhea and all yeah. this stuff, and they called in doctors, and one of the doctors, to get this back then, you're a doctor, right? I'm a doctor. Yes. I always like to point that out to our listeners that I am. Chris is a doctor. Doctor so. of physical therapy, Yes, just to clarify. Yes. yes, but it's important that it's a doctor because when we bring up these yes. medical things, yeah. I mean, we've got some credibility on yeah. our show here. But one of the doctors, and this was common practice back then, uh, they they bled him. They they sliced open one of his veins and they bled him to a little. To get all the, get the infection yeah, out or whatever. Sure, naturally. So, <laughs> Uh, but he was diagnosed with uh, what they called cholera morbus. Yeah. Mm. Which, uh, it turns out, was a pretty much a catch-all for any kind of gastrointestinal stomach, stomach, stomach issue. Stomach problem, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, so he, that, July 4th is when he got sick, and it was sadly five days later. Wow. July 9th of 1850, at age 65, Zachary Taylor died. Oh, Death by cherries. Death by cherries. <laughs> he served for one year and four months. Ah. So he was yeah. a very, it was, you know, didn't, didn't get a full term. And he was succeeded by Vice President Millard Fillmore, mm-hmm. which we know was a president yeah. and uh, will be a subject of a future yeah. uh, show as we celebrate his, his, uh, his birthday. But there was something interesting. Remember the true and false question I asked you about arsenic and old lace? Yeah. It was kind of a a teaser because uh, there was a theory that President Taylor was poisoned with arsenic. (gasps) No way. Yes. And in 1991... It wasn't the cherries. Well, somebody said said, uh, they thought it was arsenic. Oh. So it was 1991... Here in Louisville, Kentucky, where his body yeah. lays, uh, I guess, in the grave, uh, his body was exhumed, and they actually oh. tested. So they took they took fingernail samples, hair samples, oh. and did some bone scrapings, and they tested to him. see if there was arsenic. Yes, and what they found was that it was normal. Straight up, just the yes. cherries. So he died from cherry poisoning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But that is the that is the story about Zachary Taylor, uh, our twelfth president of the United States, and so we're celebrating today his two hundred and thirty fifth birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Mr. Mr. President. president! Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you're going to join us for our next episode. And I need to point out too that we're now uh, you can find us now on Spotify and on iTunes podcasts, and we really appreciate everybody reaching out to us and giving us their likes and following us. So. Uh, Our next episode, we're going to celebrate the birthday of yet another president of the United States. A special thanks to Catherine Moore, author of The American President, Jared Cohen, author of Accidental Presidents, Eight Men Who Changed America, and Daniel O'Brien, author of How to Fight Presidents. Original music written and performed by Jeff Myers. I'm Carissa Slate, and we hope you'll tune in for our next episode.